1: Following a 52 point victory in week two, Syracuse football opens up conference play in week three of 2018. Welcome to the Orange Fizz pregame podcast. I'm David Edelstein alongside Harrison Singer as we get underway here. Week three Syracuse football in the Carrier Dome once again, taking on Florida State. The Seminoles come to central New York. And Dino Babers, Harrison says that the Orange have a chance.
2: I think they definitely do have a chance in this one. If you look at last year's game, and I really hate to start off with kind of looking at the pass in, in a negative light, but if you do look at last year's game, Syracuse battled to the very last play. Obviously, a field a 40-yard field goal that really just missed by from Cole Murphy was the difference, but when you talk about this year, a year later, Syracuse on its home turf, I— expectations can be a lot higher and a lot brighter this time around.
1: Yeah, Syracuse football, you're mentioning a 2017 team that did not get one win on the road, and it did come down to that last play. The Orange played pretty well at Florida State in 2017, but that last-second field goal miss that would have given them the win just wound up being a little bit of a tarnished spot on what otherwise was a pretty well-played game. And Dino Babers was mentioning right after the Wagner game one of the first things he was asked about and he said was that last year doesn't affect this year at all
0: just like uh, us playing Clemson the first year and getting blown out 54-0 and the second year beating them one year doesn't a play doesn't play a part in what's going on the next year the players change some guys graduate some other guys are starting some guys aren't sometimes coaches change and philosophies change so i don't think that really plays into it so Harrison
1: Babers is saying that last year doesn't matter. Things change, coaches change, players change, schematics change. One of the big differences is that the Orange are now back at home. Syracuse, a team that didn't win on the road last year, they're here in Central New York. How much of a difference does that make that they'll be playing in the Carrier Dome? A
2: tremendous difference, David. Just last year, they had Clemson in the Loud House, and that, well, that did go as planned. And I think, you know, this time around, Seminoles are only a three-point favorite, so it's not they're they're not coming into this game with the same hype whatsoever that Clemson did. This is the second straight year now the Orange really does have a chance to beat the Florida State team that it's seeing in front of it, and being at home really just makes
1: it all the more possible in my in my eyes. They call it the Loud House for a reason, but this is a Florida State team. We're used to you know thinking that they're they're a ranked team. They're really up there. And last year, it just wasn't the same team. And this year, within the first two weeks, Florida State's gone one and one. They lost to a 13th ranked Virginia Tech in week one, which a very powerful team makes kind of, you can kind of give rationale to that, that okay, they fell. But in week two, although they posted the W, it was not a pretty game against Samford. They won 36 26, but it was not the easy kind of go ahead play that we are usually seeing from the Seminoles. Is this the same? High-caliber team that we're used to seeing. How how high-caliber is this team in comparison to right. what we're used to?
2: Right. Well, when you talk about those Seminoles, I mean, this is—to uh, say it's a storied program kind of would be an understatement. I mean, you, you're talking about a, a school with three national championships, 18 conference titles, and you know, ever since Syracuse joined the ACC back in 2013, Florida State hasn't lost more than three games up until last season, which obviously, by program standards, was a down year. Coming in now, one and one, look definitely look shaky against Sanford, No doubt about it. And you want to talk about week one getting slaughtered at home by a conference foe in Virginia Tech. That's not a good look. They're coming in here, and I wouldn't even go as far to say they might not be as talented or whatnot. I'm thinking from a confidence standpoint, they cannot be coming in here thinking wow we're playing our best football and now we have to play in one of the loudest places in the country it's really not something if i'm if i'm a part of florida state that isn't sitting too it's not sitting too well with me going into this weekend
1: that's actually something reminiscent of what dino babers had said last year after the clemson game that hey this is might have been a team that thought they were going to win against the orange of course florida state is favored by a little bit coming into 2018 but they can't just come in and think this is a trap game and that they're just going to absolutely not take the victory. It might actually wind up that it's a little bit harder than they think. And so Babers thinks they have that chance. One of the reasons why Florida State might be still favored over the Orange, though, is that they've got Francois back, who was injured last year. And was one of the reasons why the Florida State Seminoles football program kind of had its off year because they lost their main guy from the start. What impact does it have that he's back on the field?
2: I think it, it definitely has a sizable impact. And you talk about last year and, and Francois's absence. There was a lot of chaos within that program last year. Jimbo Fisher, there was—I feel as if there was a little instability in the coaching spot, which obviously Fisher ended up leaving. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't end up staying. He went to Texas A&M. So you had coaching instability. You had your starting quarterback go down with a brutal, brutal injury in the beginning of the season. And they still managed to go 7-5 and five and win the Independence Bowl— I think they 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 went on a tear towards the end of the season. So they kind of with the cards they were dealt did what they could and you know, it's weird. They almost have that same situation this time around and I'll tell you why. you talk about Francois coming back and it is important for the Seminoles without question to have their guy back. But it's not easy to come back off a broken leg like 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 he's doing. We've seen athletes at at all at all levels struggle, you know, to come back 100%. There's definitely that feeling out period that I think you know, Francois needs and is experiencing as he goes along in the beginning of the year. And you talk not just about Francois, but Cam Akers is back in the in the backfield for Florida State. And while he's also rushed for at least five yards per carry in the first two games, he hasn't looked like the same Cam Akers uh, that really kind of exploded, you know, during last season for the Seminoles.
1: Yeah, Florida State has been using multiple guys on the rushing attack, trying to pound the ball, on the turf and the grass across the field. You saw them use more than just acres last week, but he still is this prominent figure on the team, and so is the rushing game for the Florida State offense. Dino Babers last week was saying that it is so important to stop the run game.
0: It's everything. You know, to win football games, you have to win the kicking game. You have to win the turnover battle. You have to stop the other team from rushing the football. A lot of people say, hey, you got to rush the football. You really don't have to rush the football if you can throw for a very, very high percentage. The Tennessee Techs of the world, the West Virginians of the world do that all the time. But you have to stop the other team from running the football.
1: So Harrison, we listen to what Baber says about just how important it is. We hear in his voice that this is something the Orange must do. They must stop the run game. How do they do that?
2: You just got to play tough football. That's I, At the end of the day, your guys up front have to outwork the guys up, up front for them. And I think—I do think that they can get this job done. No, you know, they they do have Cam Akers, they, who, who they they feed more often than kind of any other back that they do have. But they also give the ball to Jock Patrick. And, you know, if need be, I guess Francois can, can maybe hurt a defense with his legs once in a while. But it really comes down to— Outwork like any advantage you have, physical or you know, whether it be through finesse moves or or, or through power, it whatever advantage you have up front, you got to utilize it to the best of your abilities, and that's how really you stop the run. Also, containing Francois, if he does try to extend plays, not that that is you know his forte, but if he does try to extend plays, that is a big thing because I think what Babers is implying here is it's really, really, really important to stop the run because I think. The true strength of this offense is their passing game. If they're effectively running the ball with Akers and, and and obviously also with Jock Patrick, it opens up the passing game. And once the passing game is opened up for Francois and Co., that could spell really, really, really tough times for the Orange defense.
1: It also opens up the ability to do fake plays, to do these oh yeah, play, uh, action. play actions sure. showing... You know, fake the run once you think that the run might actually happen because they've been successful at it, and then you just go to the pass that really is their main uh, efficient oh, yeah. and effective way of playing absolutely.
2: he Fr- Francois definitely struggled week one. He threw three picks, atrocious performance, definitely by his standards for sure. I, I'm sure he would say week two, he bounced back uh, in terms as far as the numbers are concerned, but he he's beating a team that he really should be his team should be wiping the floor with by ten points. So, You know, you you come in kind of, uh, if you're Syracuse, you have have Florida State coming in, I'm getting excited, you know, stopping that run, yeah, but I'm stopping that run, so I'm not letting Francois hurt me in the secondary, too.
1: Now, Syracuse had a pretty impressive week last week, and yes, it was a 62-10 victory over Wagner, won by 52 points, the most points scored for the Orange in the Dino Babers era right now, these past two years and first two games of 2018. But Florida State comes in, what does do the Orange have to take from last week? A game where they were expected to win and Baber said, hey, like we did exactly what we were expected to do. In a game they were expected to just blow it out like that, what components from that win do you still need to hold on to as important when coming into week three against Florida State?
2: That's an interesting question because very unlike this week, they find themselves in a really different spot. You know? Wagner came in, and I don't think anyone expected it to be a game, and it wasn't, you know. But Florida State comes in as three-point favorites. So you're talking about taking whatever you can from a 62-10 blowout. Well, I mean, you can do what you can to bring that into this game where you're the underdog, but it's going to be harder to translate, you know, just because it's a a higher-quality opponent. But... I think anytime you're blowing out anyone, 62 to 10, there's there's that confidence factor, and I think you can definitely bring that confidence factor with you or back with you in front of your home crowd for a, what is definitely a much bigger game, and you can definitely argue that this is one of, absolutely one of the most important games on Syracuse's schedule all year.
1: Yeah, even after that 52 point blowout, Eric Dungey was saying that he thinks his team could have even done better, and of course there's. Improvement that you want to see every year, offensively, defensively, each week, I should say. But is it how hard is it to make that transition from being we we're supposed to win, we're supposed to blow this team out, and we do blow this team out to my gosh, it's only a three point difference now and in the favor of the team that we're playing.
2: Right, it's definitely a different spot. And you know, talking about me personally, I I I'm not sure what I can personally say to that. I'm not in the locker room, however. I definitely can't see how it would be an interesting situation or a bit of a weird situation to be in a funny situation if you're Syracuse, per se. Just to one one week be that favorite going in and really coming out tremendously. And then going into that next week, not expected to win, I guess, necessarily, but... You know, I think Babers definitely has his guys thinking the right way. I think that they will go out there and they will fight just like they did last year. And the fact that they got the crowd behind them this year really
1: could be what gets the job done for them this time around. And one thing looking toward uh, the future of what, what this game might wind up being, Dino Babers said while the other team might be favorited, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to win. It could be a close one. And this is how he expressed that.
0: I think what it does is it gives us a chance to have the type of season that we wanna have one game at a time. It gives us an opportunity to play an opponent that you know they have more talent than we have. The really cool thing about football is that the most talented team doesn't win all the time. The team that plays the best wins. So uh, we're gonna go out and try to play our very, very best game and see where that leads us on Saturday.
1: So we hear Dino Waver say that this is a game that just because another team is a favorite by a little bit doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to win that game. But this is a game that Syracuse really does need to win.
2: Absolutely. It is a game that they need to win. And if, it is because if they win this game, it gives them leeway later in the season. Say they win this one, they're 3-0. and Say they win next week at home against UConn and they're 4-0. and they're going into Clemson 4 and 0 and you can really kind of afford to lose that game at that point person not to not to say oh we're, you know it's okay to lose <laughs> right? but, but you can almost say wow well we have a 4 and 0 we had a 4 and 0 record coming in now we have a 4 and 1 record to fall back on we have more winnable games on the schedule We got a legitimate shot at getting to a bowl game. Starting two and zero is definitely a great way. Starting two and zero so far is definitely a great way to get past that you know dreaded four win mark that they have struggled to get past these last two years. But also, you know, a great start towards getting those six wins and getting where I'm sure they really, really want to be.
1: Yeah, last year 2017, we were talking about Syracuse football having one of the hardest schedules maybe in the country. They wind up 4-8 and eight for the third season in a row this year, looking like they have an easier schedule and might be able to improve upon that for the first time in a while. What's the key to the game this week in order to do that?
2: Key to the game, it, the key to, it's interesting because it, it, it comes off, it's built off of stopping the run, but defense has to look strong. It's got to look strong and strongest in the secondary. So, Yes, stopping the run is important, but they can't be beat over the top, because I think that's how Florida State's going to try to attack the Orange, is having their talented quarterback attack the secondary. I think they'll do that by trying to establish the running game, and Syracuse has got to be ready for everything. But moral of the story, don't get beat with the long ball. Don't get beat down the field, because Florida State has a quarterback that is capable of doing that.
1: So Saturday at 12 p.m., that's when the Syracuse Orange take on the Florida State Seminoles, and that's when we will know exactly what does happen in this game. Stay tuned with all of your Syracuse football news by reading at orangefizz.net and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at orangefizz. Once again, for Harrison Singer, I'm David Edelstein. Enjoy, and we'll speak with you after the game.